This is Quincy Maraquois with PerfectSoccerSkills.com, and you are listening to the RFK Refugees Podcast. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, talking all things DC United, all things fun, all things everything. How are you doing, John, man? How was your weekend? I'm doing uh, pretty, pretty good, Ted. Um, I don't even really know why. I'm just feeling all right. Just feeling, getting acclimated to the perpetual uh, lockdown. Just, this is, I'm a, I'm a mole man now who stays home all the time and, and podcasts. It's, it's just, it, it's a good fit. Our lifestyle is a good one for this. Yes. Yes. We get to watch soccer. soccer. Yeah. In the basement, podcasting out to the world. It's like nothing changed. It's fine. It's like nothing changed. Everything's fine. Well, everything is not fine with DC United. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't, st- I don't it's know. Not. To- it's not. But let's, <laughs> let's start the show with positive news. Let's start it with some good news. So, so if uh, we're going to get to the actual stuff about the team, the stuff that you are listening about, but first... Let us indulge uh, ourselves here a little bit uh, in some news about the show. So uh, we have, if you followed us on Twitter today or saw any of our numerous tweets about it, we have a new website uh, that looks pretty great, I think. A new logo that you can see down here in the bottom of the screen. I think I'm pointing at the right side. It could probably be pointing at the wrong side. Either way, um, it's that's new. So if you like any of this stuff, you can thank Producer Brian. Uh, Producer Brian has done a lot of work in the last... <laughs> In the last week, he's done a lot of work in general, but he's done a lot, a lot of work in the last week or so uh, to get this website up. Ted and I are going to be writing. Um, we're going to potentially have some guest writers who can write about Loud United uh, in a way that is much more expert level than Ted or I, because I don't think we're, <laughs> I don't think we're quite there on Loud. Ted, Ted's there on Richmond. Maybe we'll have some Richmond articles. <laughs> we haven't talked about it before just now, but I feel like maybe that's a good idea. We, maybe we'll do that. Um, but that's that's a thing that's happening. So check yes. that out. Uh, it may not be working right now. Oh, it is working right now. Um, you can go to rfkrefugees.com slash live uh, from now on and watch the show. Um, we're going to figure out how we can do live chat. Right now, you can still live chat on the YouTube if you want. Maybe we'll be on Discord. Who knows? But also, uh, the other thing that's going on is we have t-shirts. Uh, people have talked about wanting t-shirts for a while. Uh, and uh, there they are. <laughs> that's the t-shirts. <laughs> Uh, we have uh, we have uh, unisex sizes and lady sizes. I have pinned that tweet on our Twitter at the very top. So if you're interested, uh, order it. Um, uh, it's it's uh, for for once we we figured out a way to do it that does not like put us out a whole bunch of money if you don't buy it. So yeah. <laughs> if you don't buy it, then we know there's no demand for t-shirts, and we are also not stuck with like 75 shirts in the basement. So that's the good thing. So buy a shirt if you want one. Uh, we also had some requests for booty shorts. And for uh, and for stickers, stickers are probably more likely than booty shorts. I priced out booty shorts today, like forty five dollars a piece. <laughs> I feel like the market's not very strong there. I feel like we're probably not going to be able to do that as a bespoke one, maybe one at a time situation. Uh, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that after you guys buy buy some t shirts first. If you buy enough t shirts, we'll bring in some booty shorts. That's my that RFK refugees promise. So anyway, um, check those things out. I think it's uh, I think it's a great. It's a, the idea is that if uh, you want to know anything that we're doing, you have one place to go for it. You don't have to follow. If you don't do Instagram or don't do Twitter or don't do whatever, you'll know where to go. For us, and then it's rfkrefugees.com. Easy to remember. Yep, exactly. rfkrefugees.com. Plugged over. We now have a website. We have a full website. We're like legit now. We are 100% legit. 
All right. Yes. Let's get Correct. let's let's get into the bad. Let's get into the 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 not great uh, that is DC United in 2020. Um, DC United, New York Red Bulls, two nothing loss. Um, but let let's let's start. So we left you last week. We were talking about just the dire dire straits of the DC United attack. Um, so Ben Olsen rolls out pretty similar lineup. We're kind of thinking, okay, well re, re well first of all, let's let's start out. Segura's on the bench. Rivas. Kamara up top. Okay, so there's two, two forwards, two strikers. So in theory, it should be a, should be a more attacking lineup. Um, I'm trying to remember where where Paredes was like listed on the lineup. I thought he was kind of listed out wide, and I thought, but uh, but he was very very much playing sort of the the creative attacking midfielder. Um, and I thought of all the players out here of of the Edison Flores, of the Julian Gressel, of the Emil Assad, all of those players, he showed the best. Uh, the, the the where you were the most where you would say this is a guy who can maybe play this position who 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 looked comfortable in that position who looked like he 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 was very much uh, able to play that position I am I am fully on board if nothing else is working if Edison Flores can't get this position down why not why not let the only guy who seems to know what to do other than and we'll get to him in a minute. John's favorite, Fregui Iguain. But Fred Iguain's 35, 37. I think they need to I think they need to run out and say, Paredes, do what you did last game. Be in that center of the field. Be that creative player. I'll tell you another thing, too. The reason that he, he was doing such a good job out there, that Red Bull's only response was to foul him and to foul him so much throughout that game. Um so I mean I, I think it's worth I think it's worth holding on to him. I think it's worth holding on to him in that position, having him play that position because I thought he played very, very well. Yeah. I mean that we could. I think that would be fine. I think it would, be, it would not be a bad thing. I think that Pipe Iguain is about sixty minutes and a best case scenario fit, maybe even forty five. It seems like. Um, I'll say one thing. Paredes, and, and I think he tweeted to this effect: like what he did do is try shit, and and he and he went at players and he tried to make things happen, which you need. However, end product was not there yet. Uh, there was either, you know, just sort of just sort of like a little bit off in decision making, a little bit off uh, and, and passing, not exactly where the ball needed to be on, on, a, on a few balls towards the, the forwards. Um, he he had, came in. He had one key he, pass in the game, which is more than any of the other starting players have gotten all season. I'm no, sure. I, I, yes, we're a very bad team. Ted, <laughs> I agree. That is that is true. Um, uh, but Pippa came in and. He, I, I think Pablo was tweeting to this effect. Like it, he, it's like he was playing in a different language than the rest of the team. But he was playing in a language that the other, the rest of the team needs to learn. Like the, the, he was putting the ball into dangerous places where players were not realizing where to go. I think that so. Kevin has the legs. He has the mentality, and he has uh, the age for this. So he's ready to. So he's ready to do this. He does not have the final product. Uh, he does not have necessarily all the decision-making tools that you need. However, Pippo's got those last two things and none of the rest of it. So I feel like if you wanted to start Paredes at the 10, it's fine. We should do that. We're not going anywhere. So why not give him an opportunity to learn learn that position if it's going to be his? It might be his. On the other hand, we could also play Pippa there for 45 minutes to 60 minutes. Um, know that you know you're not going to have 90 minutes of him. But you know that he's gonna he's gonna make the right decision when the play calls for it. You could start Kevin on the left side because I'm not I'm not sold on Yamil Saad right now, so I, he could go on the bench. That's fine. Kevin should be on the field no matter what. 
provided his legs do not explode from being <laughs> playing 90 minutes, almost 90 <laughs> minutes every game. But I, I, either way, I think that I think you I think you found two players on the entire roster that have the attacking mentality that the team is lacking in need. So get them out there any way you can. I guess is my it, argument. For me, it's, it's almost an initiative type of thing with him that he got in that position. Regardless, I don't know who knows. I hope it was planned. I hope there is some planning going on here. Uh, but he got into that position and he showed initiative to try things and to actually be that leader. Where I feel like everybody else, Edison Flores, Yamil Assad, Julian Gressel, didn't have that ability just to be like, you know what? Felipe, I'm that you know, one game. Sorry, what's that? <laughs> I just remember Felipe played played attacking midfielder yeah, he, that one game. I'm sure he did play attacking midfielder that one game. But you know that that she showed the initiative to be like. No, I'm gonna. Here, this is my game. I'm gonna take the ball and I'm gonna try things. Um, so for for that effect, um, you know, I think I think it's worth you know running him out. I mean, we talk about Acosta was not perfect when he when he came here. Nope. I'm not com- I'm not comparing necessarily Kevin Paredes to Lu- Luciano Acosta, but I see some similar things where there was enough there in that first game to say, okay, let's 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 keep at this. Let's let's you know maybe it completely blows up when we go up against Toronto. Maybe Toronto completely exposes, uh, completely exposes th- this idea. Um, I-, I think Kevin needs to maybe get a little bit more agile. I think he was fouled a lot in this game. Um, I- it came to the point I think where he was fouled so much that the referee actually pulled him aside and basically pointed all over the field, said no more, next foul on him was a yellow card. And uh, that, the, funniest, the, funny, the funniest thing I think was, um, was I think, I want to think, try to remember the player on Red Bulls um, who, who did that. But you can see him mouthing, it was my first foul, it was my first foul. And the ref's like, I know it was your first foul, but your entire <laughs> team has been fouling this one player for the whole game. So... Um, I, I just, I, I just, I, we need something going for us. And I think this could be something, it may not work, but it's worth trying than throwing out people Aguin for 60 minutes and maybe you scrap yourself to a, uh, to a 10th place spot. You were the one who's saying, don't play Paul Riola because he's going to scrap to a 10th playing spot. I don't see, I look at those two things as maybe kind of the same, the same thing. The idea of playing a guy who's clearly past his prime, who's probably not going to play next year, who's going to be on the assistant coaching bench, who is basically brought in saying, "Hey, let's you know, let's give you a run, let's see what happens." He, I would not be surprised if he retires after this year and he full becomes a full time assistant coach um, on the bench. And I think it's worth giving a guy, you know, seventeen who is young, raw, maybe not doing everything right, but is at least giving this team some offensive life that it desperately, desperately needs. And there was this team had six shots on six shots, six shots. Four on target. They dominated that first 600% half. Six hundred percent more than the previous. Six hundred percent more. All right. I think we got uh, Charlie Bohm is going to join the show. Uh, talk about the other. Talk a little bit about the other bit of news we got going on, which is the DC United Academy. Some news regarding that. Um, so producer Brian is going to get him into the show um, in a minute, hopefully. <laughs> um, we can tap dance for that. You know, we'll we'll talk about the rest of the game. But basically, if you had to break it down in one second, one sentence. Uh, we tried to we tried to score, and that meant we got scored on and we lost. But the game was at least exciting and had some had some positive elements to it. And we'll get into more of that there in the rest of the it, show. But it, and it, you know, again, if I had if I had you know three of these you know zero zero uh, zero zero games, if I had you know a bunch of those zero zero games and we squeak tenth in the playoffs, or I see 
you know, maybe some visceral attacking soccer where maybe we win some games, maybe we get we get some goals. I think the real problem is that that team very nearly scored. I mean, let's be clear. They very nearly put the ball in the back of the net. You had Julian Gressel had a golden opportunity. You had Rivas, who showed more life than any other attacking player. He almost scored a nasty scissor kick goal. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Great save. Uh, great save by... Uh, um, uh, great save, I think it was Ryan Mira. They like changed yes, goalies, is. which is weird. There's I guess five subs you can now do that because you can like just burn. He got hurt. He got hurt, oh, and then okay. they brought in a guy that uh, I guess their third string. Or now it's it is weird. The problem for me is that I have been so long used to a different goal. I've been used to Robles and Net for New York, Robles and Net, and then also BWP up front. So this season is very bizarre for me. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I have to keep checking myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked a little bit. We're working to get Charlie Bowman. I feel like I, I, I plugged him very much, and now um, we're waiting for him to get on. But no, no, he he was on hold and it got dropped. He's calling back. Cool. So we'll, we'll get him. We'll get him on in a second. It was our fault. It, was, it wasn't Charlie's <laughs> fault. It was our fault. So I mean, let's fault. let's let's talk a little bit. There was a lot of talk, of course, also about the fact that the team. I mean, defensively, the team gave up some opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. Chris mm-hmm. Seitz back in the game. It was one was off a set piece. The other one, I mean, he was wide open. I, I am. I am not convinced that DC United's defense. I feel like it was kind of talked up a little bit by Ben and maybe some of the other players. Oh, they're deep. Well, the defense is good. They managed to hold a hold a shutout in two games. And I'm like, yeah, but if you're playing a more defensive style, I'm not saying you're guaranteed to get shutouts, but it's a lot easier to defend than when you're pushing and trying to attack the game. And and part of part of how you grow and get better as a team, how how you know you have a good team is when you're able to do that attacking and also defend and keep balls out of the back of the net. And right now, yes, they can they can defend very very well when they've got eight guys behind the ball or ten guys behind the ball and or thirteen guys behind the ball somehow fourteen somehow you know <laughs> guys behind the ball. Sure, they can defend very well. Once they actually go a little more forward, I, I think we're starting to see maybe a little bit of the holes here. Um, uh, but it was a set piece, which is which is plagued the team all season and is not really indicative of formation their defense in general. And it was an individual error by I think Donovan Pines for the second goal. And and if we can say anything about the goals that we've conceded this year. I think I've said it a number of times. They seem to always be some individual defensive mistake, either Fred Briant falling over in Orlando. Uh, there's just been a number of like weird outcomes to happen. Uh, and, and this was one of them. Pines otherwise though, continues to have a whole bunch of saves off the line. That's still his seems to be his calling card. Uh, we're having some challenges here now with, uh, with some more with the, with the element, but, but, Skype. Pines is. <laughs> Let's be clear. It's with Skype. <laughs> yeah, Pines. Pines can still. Pines can still. Ha- he has, uh, you know, incredible physical gifts that allow him to recover from mistakes. Um, he has made a few of them and hasn't hasn't been punished in the games in the run of games that he started. Uh, that streak ended unfortunately now, uh, but uh, you know that's that that's going to happen to a young player. It's it's good that he's getting an opportunity. Um, and that and when you do that, when you play a young center back those things are going to happen and it doesn't really matter because we didn't score so two two nil one nil whatever it wasn't it wasn't gonna make a difference and let's be clear i thought i didn't think pines was terrible in this game i remember one moment i remember one moment one moment in particular that really caught me i think it's where he he gave up the ball sort of like i think it was between the halfway part and the line i think very towards the end of the game and i'm thinking oh god you know here's here's the breakaway here's where it gets back he somehow i mean this dude is this dude is tall but he's got he's got legs somehow gets all the way back, defends the play, and and clears the ball. So th- that was the that was the type of defensive play that uh, that 
when you are a player who is of his, you're a player where you talk about a player being good, player being great. Those are the types of things that, that, that you'd like to see that you'd like to see. Um, so I think we're still going to try to get, um, Charlie in here on zoom. So we're going to try method number two. That's right. This is uh this is on, on the run, on the gun, uh, technical sport and, uh, <laughs> just swinging it, swinging it. Um, so we can, uh, we can say, Oh, here he is. They're great. Excellent. Hey, Charlie. Hello. 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 Hey, Charlie. Hey, sorry Char about the sorry about the multimodal communications thing we're doing here with uh, the Skype to Zoom to whatever. It's the life of a podcaster. Isn't it, it is exactly. You gotta <laughs> you gotta shuffle between the free the free software to make your show work. So uh, thanks for joining us. I, we really appreciate it. So. Uh, I think did you? I feel like you may have got a tip off on this news. Were you? Uh, were you? Were you uh, abiding to an embargo? You seem to have a little bit of a head head start on this uh, this this announcement. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. That's what I assumed. <laughs> I assumed there was some sort of potential murder here. So, so we didn't get to it yet. So now we'll we'll, we'll start it now. Uh, so DC United, if you were living under a rock, or I can't imagine you weren't watching the Gressel Minute or the Gressel podcast at four o'clock, and say you weren't. So you're special, guys. Gressel special. He hasn't been on the show yet, so he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, we don't have to get his show name right because he's not coming to the show yet. So he's got to scratch our back first. So that Gressel show, whatever it's called. So it was announced on that show that DC United has is now not charging anything to play for the academy for the all of the youth setups. They were the last one, along with Minnesota. Minnesota has announced that they are changing their structure as well. But now DC United is as is. Is the, they're not going to be the they're not going to be the last one on the board, or, the, or if they are, they're not anymore. So uh, this has been a subject of a lot of conversation. So much. Charlie has been on this beat for it feels like it's a multiple years. I feel like it's been a while that we've been wondering why this has not been fixed yet. Yes, the better part of a decade, actually. I so think. many years, a whole bunch of years. Uh, but so so let's talk about uh, what brought them to this moment. I think that uh, Ted and I have talked about this a lot. I have I have a somewhat, I and some people on Twitter have a very a potentially cynical view of what happened here, um, but the end result is probably good anyway. But what, 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 are, what are your thoughts on uh, how we've gotten to where we are today? Yeah, it's understandable to be cynical. Um, I am too, that's the reflex. Uh, unfortunately, that's, um, for most of us, that's, you know, come by honestly, that, that cynicism or that skepticism. Um, because, you know, youth soccer, I mean, American soccer in general and youth soccer specifically um, can be a, a chaotic, uh, strange, greedy mess. And um, the uh, for I'm, I'm a little surprised and I'm hoping to learn more and talk to different people around this to learn more in the, in the coming days. But um, I'm I'm surprised, but also um, relieved that they've finally gotten to this point because the conversations I had with people around the club uh, over the years on this gave me the impression that they had sort of found this awkward um what they thought of as a compromise uh, and that they were content with it and that being that um the first thing people around the club will, will point out when this comes up is um well no one who no one who can't pay doesn't pay when no talented kid is is turned away for financial reasons and i think in general terms that's probably true because someone like bill hamid or andy nahar would not be would not be charged that kids talented kids of need are given scholarships they never would disclose exactly how much money or how many kids or what percentage of the budget was subsidized um, but if, if you're a professional club 
uh, and you're serious about developing players and you want to be a, a destination for, for aspiring pros in your area and beyond to charge any of your kids at the top of the program, uh, at the top of the pyramid sort of is just a bad look. It just, it just hammers your credibility. And I want to say too, and I may sound cynical in this, but there is an at, there are all, there are always asterisks here. Okay. So for example, not all services or, or teams and programs that MLS clubs and other pro clubs field, even if they say our kids don't pay, you often have to dig down into that because, um, so DC United's language was kind of specific today that it was basically their academy, right? They may field teams or programs that are not technically part of, of that. In some cases, kids will pay. Their kids will pay to go to their camps. That's the reality for, for most clubs in, in North America, that someone somewhere in the youth world is paying something for their services, right? Then the question is, if you're, is your pro pathway, your aspiring future professionals, are they being treated like a professional and then sort of what the global standard is, right? So DC United has for a long time not met that standard because their development academy players, some or many don't know the, the precise balance. We're paying money, we're paying to play. And that sort of flies in the face of everything you want to do as a, as a developer of talent. So in that regards, even if it's on a, you know, just the sort of legalese of it, this is a huge milestone today. Charlie, I wonder one, one thing, I guess that, that I think that we all think kind of was driving this, there, there've been a couple of things. Uh, one of which, of course, the MLS, I think the MLS next, uh, the new Academy structure that they're, that they're putting forward. So good at names MLS right now. <laughs> MLS is back. MLS next. This is a very peak peak 1996 marketing they're they're kicking at right now. It's it's great. Well, Sorry, Ted, continue. Yeah, but hey, the 90s are back again. I don't know if they, you guys have fashion. I bought a teal igloo uh, uh, cooler last week, so I'm I'm on board. I got the I got the uh, right now. I got yeah, the Mitchell and Ness uh, 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 cat in a hat jersey on right now that I bought from a friend for like 20 bucks. Best purchase I ever made. Mm -hmm. uh, that is an extremely um, swaggy piece of clothing to wear in any MLS context. The cat in the hat, original, or I'm guessing it looks original, right? No, it's it's the T-shirt. I think more, more people should be into that, and, it, uh, and unfortunately, I think DC United find themselves in a low ebb right now. So that that garment isn't isn't celebrated as much as it should be right now. I, I wish it was the original jersey. It's like I think Mitchell and Ness, the the company that's supposed to be producing the uh, like. Okay. The, the, they no produce... one's gonna check your tag, Ted. Okay. You could have you could have just rode that swag wave there. He was. <laughs> no, he I appreciate the honesty, but <laughs> yes. nonetheless, it's a it's a, a nod to history and a, and a rarity, nonetheless. Exactly. Um. So back back to my back to my original point. Uh, one of the things that I think many will say was driving this was uh, two things. I, and one two things I'm pointing out. One of which is uh, obviously solidarity payments. Um, saying DC's basically because they charge kids, it's exempt. And I think that's a good policy to be like, hey, if you're charging kids, you should not then make money off said kids. That's a, I think that's a good policy to have. Number two is that um, the. Uh, um, I'm blanking on what to call it, but the fact that like a kid from DC cannot, you know, the, the sort of territorial rights uh, we're Catchment. going, uh, yeah, we're sort of, we're sort of going away. So a kid from, from DC, um, you know, could it theoretically be going, uh, could go to Philly or to go, could go to another place that maybe is for free. Uh, were those maybe, do you think the two main things that were driving this or was there maybe something else a part of this? Uh, yeah. So again, we have to we have to refer to the elephant in the room, right? In terms of um, um, the risk of, at the risk of cynicism. Yes, the timing is um, extremely um, intriguing in that regard because Jeff Carlisle of ESPN just last week 
broke some news and did a great, really both both broke news and reported and analyzed very uh, adeptly uh, on the current state of um, RSTP, aka training compensation solidarity payments in the United States and, and MLS, um, in which it was he reported that that DC missed out on at, at least now. Remember, we have to be specific here. They got most of the transfer, the seven, the, the million dollar plus transfer fee for Chris Durkin uh, yeah. to go to Belgium, um, but they did not get. Um, everything they were entitled to because uh, uh, Jeff reports that MLS has, has elected not to award TCSP payments to clubs that, that charge. So in, in the scheme of a million dollar transfer, maybe you could argue that I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of $50,000. Um, don't quote me on that, but somewhere, you know, a relatively modest sum in the course of that transfer was lost to them. But I thought it was a striking, um, if, if everything's accurate there, and as it seems, that's a striking statement by MLS to its own clubs to disincentivize um, pay to play, which, again, I'm not saying that this is a revolutionary act, but it's certainly a, a positive step if MLS as a whole is saying, look, guys, you know, it's time to get serious. Don't charge the kids that could become homegrown someday. And this team would run somebody over the golf cart for 50K, I think, at this moment. <laughs> so if, they, if, they're, if they're told that they might lose that on them in the future, that will dictate, I think, their policy no matter what. <laughs> just, just, just uh, harsh but fair. I think. I just, I think it's just unfortunately true. I mean, the uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, so, well, look, uh, let me say this. In and and um, you know, it's, people say um, I'm, I'm sure people would say that I uh, go easy on DC United. Others say that I have it out for DC United. But um, they they could be um, they could be playing MLS games at Steger Field right now and, and getting money for it. So you know, there's things that they are not doing uh, for money. So you have to. You have to point out, point that out. But in, you know, the grand scheme of things, you want to be getting this cut uh, of of money when you are are doing well enough to to grow players that get sold off. We we've been talking sort of uh, on the last few episodes. I, I think it coincides with the season where it's just none of, nothing's going right, and there's been not a lot of hope from the offensive side uh, of of the, of the game. And sort of just continued sort of where we're where we're at is either is sort of either plateauing or going down. And we said if we if we get anything from this season, it's we'd love a direction. We'd love some information about what this team wants to be. Is it gonna be at FC Dallas? Is it gonna develop young talent, move them on, sell them on, and then and then refill the refill and then go again? Are they gonna be try to be something else? Uh, are they going to try to att attract big players, even though we know the budget isn't there? Are they going to, you know, we had Rooney. Are we going to try to go to like a, you know, a Diet Coke Rooney next? Uh, Inguain, that didn't work, but something like that. Um, and then what's, what do we, what do we want our identity to be? Do we still want it to continue to be, I don't, I don't want to say the word gritty. So I won't say the word gritty. Do we want to do we want to have it continue to be the way it's been? Do we want have, the league has a, a stereotype about what DC United is going to do when the ball rolls out? Do we want to keep doing that or do we want to do something else? I feel like from a from a PR perspective and when this was announced and how it was announced and they talked about their continued investment uh, in, in Loudoun with, with the USL club, but then they also once again mentioned the training facility, which I, as far as I know, there's still no dirt move there in Loudoun. It says 2021 opening. I don't believe that they've cleared any ground for that yet. I could be wrong. Um, it feels like they're trying to in a season where, at least from our perspective, we're not going anywhere, uh, and and it's just sort of a, a blah year with with all the COVID contingencies and injuries, they're trying to maybe recast themselves as, look at our young players. They're in the starting lineup every week. Some of them are performing uh, really well, and we're excited about that. 
do you, do you feel like that's the direction they want this team to go um, in the future? Well, I, so there's uh, again, there's a lot of room for nuance here. Um, even the most every every MLS club can and, and should try to, to be good at multiple things and do a little bit of everything. I mean, um, and, and oftentimes what clubs promote as their identity it, it imperfectly matches to what you maybe see them their practice um, turn out to be right. But I mean, even FC Dallas, you know, they come to mind right now. Who's done it better than them in terms of play your kids, investing in the academy? Their fans would generally say at the expense of big name signings and, and big money talent, right? And yet they, they, they went and bought a Colombian playmaker in this transfer window who who scores a, um, a highlight real golazo over the weekend in his in his first star. Uh, Ricuarte, I believe, is, is the pronunciation of the name. I hope I don't butcher that. Um, but the you know you you have to you have to try and sort of um, have have things in, in all baskets or multiple baskets. Certainly, the youth route and academy centric route is is at DC United's disposal. Um, if they invest, you still have to invest um, to make something like that work. You still have to have a good plan and and faith in it um, and good people to execute it. Um, but they could do that, and that's the biggest frustration that people, even fans of the club, um, who who I've spoken with about the you know the the pay to play aspect of their academy over the years, have expressed that that frustration that you know it, it doesn't have to be expensive, but you have to show you're serious, right? You have to have some commitment. Right now, DC United have have a hill to climb in that regard. This is one of the top producers of talent, uh, the DMV area in the country on the continent. Um, and, and I can tell you that I've had conversations with high ranking people who are involved with us soccer or, uh, are on the national youth scene and know the local scene well. And they talk about how, um, you know, for example, one of the reasons that there are now multiple developer, sorry, there were multiple development Academy programs in this region after DC United and, and Bethesda kind of were the only ones for a long time was that us soccer looked at the production of national team pool players by region. And then they cross-check that with the, how the development Academy clubs were doing in that market and kind of what that scene looked like at the club level. Right. And DC United were given a head start and given a chance to kind of assert their dominance um, and, and be the, the outlet for talent in this region. And they, to be honest, they failed. I mean, they, the, the um, VDA and some other clubs were, were allowed to come in uh, and attempt to compete at various levels of the development Academy because um, it wasn't just that they, that they cut the budget and they didn't, you know, they were, this is kind of those last years at RFK, right, where everything was really dire in terms of the, the spending and, um, and this, the tread water mentality of the club. Um, we, can, we can say that they had no choice but to do that, and we can also have to say that, that it has it's had some long-term consequences. And for me particularly, the, um, the sort of lack of authoritative uh, appeal that and, and destination status uh, for DC United in this of play for players in this area is a, has been a major a missed opportunity and a major deficit for them to make up. I think they can make it up very quickly, and and they they may already be on their way with this current crop of homegrowns that are on the first team. But when you look at players that are shining in MLS and beyond who have DMV roots, who they can potentially DC United could have brought into their under their umbrella it's a lot of missed talent, you know, and, and you, again, you have to, you don't have to um, be, you know, the LA galaxy or LAFC or whatever to, to, to get those kids. You, and you're not going to get all of them, but you want to get some of them. So, um, so there's work to do. I, I would say just, for, just before we move on, I feel like it, it is for, for the low, low cost of one Edison Flores transfer. You could, you could remake your local. I mean, I don't, I don't know what their, their annual operating budget is. I'm sure it's more than I think it is. But I feel like 
you know, from a, from a standpoint of what's going to bring the fans in the door. Theoretic Edison Flores was an appeal to the, to the Peruvian community and it worked for the two home games that we had. There was a lot of buzz around it, but I also think that if you're not going to bring in the, the superstar names, the Wayne Rooney's and we're not going to, again, that it's going to bring in the casual soccer fan and it's going to pay 60 is going to pay more for the good seats than they would have otherwise before. And they're going to care if you're not going to do that, then the next most reasonable way to spend money on this team is to build a team of local kids. This, I don't know if it's this region. I, all I know is that the, the diehard fans of this team love the locals. They love the kids that they're from and every soccer team does every team of everyone wants the local guys, but that's where that's the most cost effective way to do things. And if a team that is continually staring at a budget and this team will, and unless there's a capital call, that goes on between these two owners and they say, we need to bring in more, more financial muscle behind this team so we can compete with those teams that are bringing in the superstar names that can, that can bring in the guys off the street. Then we have to find another way to compete and then we have to make it our identity. So that's just, you know, I think we're all sort of circling the same, it's the same area. They have to figure out a way to use the strengths that they do have. And that is their ge geographical location and the talent pool that's here. Uh, and it's cheaper than trying to compete in a, in a, in an MLS tier that they can't even come close to competing. You're never, you're never going to outspend Atlanta United. You're never going to, you're never going to out locale Miami or, or LA. So what, what are the, what are the ways, what, what are your strengths? Your strengths are, we've got a really great youth uh, uh, pool of talent to draw on. And if we want to spend the money to make sure that they know that this is the place to go and ensure that when they go through the system, this pathway to pro to Loudon to DC, they're going to get minutes. There's no, there's no, whatever the perceived notion of either it's management or Ben or whoever else, and who knows where we'll be a couple years from now, there's not going to be a, a, well, they don't play the kids or they don't get an opportunity. Make that, make that what this team is because it's never going to be, it's never going to be that other thing. We're never going to be the, the, the ideal destination for the, for the big transfer anymore. Um, it's not 1996 anymore. We're not, we don't have the money ball like advantage that other teams didn't know how to scout South America. That's, that's gone now. Everybody knows where everybody is that that's not on the table anymore. So let's do the other thing. Let's do the thing that we actually can do. That's, that's what I think. Ted, what do you think? I'm in the same boat. I mean, I'm pretty much in the same boat you are. And you talk about that $5 million investment. You take that $5 million, you invest it. It might be a long haul and maybe you don't make it all back, but there's a chance you hit on a couple players, you sell them for $3 million, $4 million, and then suddenly you've made back that investment and then some. Um, and then you can then take that money that you make back on it, that profit, and you can invest it back in the team and you can buy, you know, maybe you can start buying more expensive players and then you have a pipeline. Of I mean, all those things. And, and I think, Charlie, you hit the nail on the head. The team missed an opportunity. They struck. I, I, I think there was a bit of a, an arrogance with it because I think they struck gold with Andy Nahar and Bill Hamid the first go round. It was like you got those two guys who were you know, superstars. And I think even fans were like, oh my goodness, look, look at all this talent we're going to be able to get into from the DC area. This is going to be great. We're going to get any Nahars and Bill Hamid's like for the next like five Connor years. Even for I, the national team. Yeah. Counter Shinasi is going to be the, a star, <laughs> you know, Colin Martin, Michael Seaton's going to be a star, like all those players. And we all kind of thought that was going to happen and it, and it never did. Um, now we got Kevin Paredes who looks, who looks really good. Uh, Kevin Paredes for number 10. Hashtag Kevin, Kevin Paredes for number 10. I'm, I'm flying that flag, Charlie. I hope you're with me on that boat. <laughs> well, look, I, I've, um, I think I've said on Twitter, and and um, and I truly believe, and I think my kind of views in this case probably line up with a good segment of the um, the hardcore fans, at least the online hardcore fans, about how 
this is a good time, right? I mean, the, the stadiums are empty. Um, DC is in a, um, you know, their, their injury um, bit right now. So, you know, this is, I don't think it's going to get many better opportunities to, to maybe speed up the timeline for a really talented group of kids. I mean, I, I think, um, I think Nyman has the highest ceiling of all of, all of them, although Paredes may prove me wrong on that. Um, Yao has been, um, as a recognized player who's, who's growing into the MLS level. And I think is clearly, you know, his national team um, resume shows that there's, that he's, um, he's got a lot of upside and th this is a chance that they bring something. Um, and coaches will talk about this. Um, even uh, uh, Mourinho, the Mourinho had some interesting thoughts in the, in the Tottenham documentary or the um, all or nothing series that's happening right now about this type of, hunger that that academy kids and young kids bring into just even the training environment and he called it a fear but the fear that i like that just that they speed up the tempo they make people feel younger you know they and they increase the competition and i think you're seeing that i think that's arguably that one of the things keeping dc out of flow right now um the big i mean and i think it's puts some some tough questions on ben's desk um ben will it will uh, emotionally defend his his record and his faith in young players and he does have you know, Andy Nahar and Bill being primary among them. He does have some track record with kids, but I think he um, he still has to show that he can walk the, the balancing act that you have with that process of bringing those kids in, getting the most out of them while sort of regulating their process and keeping them on a steady and upward trajectory on an individual level. I think he's you good. Think it, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say, you know, just as a throwaway, you think it's probably fair to criticize <laughs> – uh, a game plan with no shots, right? Like, I feel like <laughs> that, that angered Ben a little bit in that press conference. And he's uh, obviously we know, we know where his buttons are. Right. And, and the questions that we know will push the buttons do push the buttons. But I, I feel like from a, from a, from a fan perspective, from a, from a just entertainment spectacle perspective, like zero, zero draws with no shots aren't going to, aren't, aren't, are not going to get the job done. I don't, if we, if we played 19, 19 games with 19 points and we never shot and we never shot and we made the playoffs, that's not a good outcome either. So what, what do you think his mindset is about this season? Understanding that you said injury bit weird season. Yeah, yeah, research. I'm, I'm, Go ahead. I'm a self, uh, um, described soccer dork, you know, so I'm, I'm, I, I, I value, um, try to be self-aware as I do it, but I value the aesthetic side of things. I, I prefer to watch attacking soccer and proactive possession-oriented soccer. So I am biased in, in, on an aesthetic level when I watch a team do what DC United has done the last few games. Um, but it is not surprising. It is Ben Olsen's um, um, a, a documented sort of tendency he has when things get tough, you start from the back. And I think if you put 100 coaches of, of all levels um, in, in Olsen's shoes – majority of them would probably take the tack that he's done. It's sort of like plug the holes uh, in the boat, right, to keep it from sinking and then worry about uh, sort of the speed at which you can uh, tack and cruise or whatever. But, um, you know, and, and they're lucky that they don't have to worry about, um, you know, the, the metrics by which fans sort of re uh, register um, their aesthetic preferences are are blown out of the water right now, right? Or, I mean, everything's everything's got an asterisk attached, and I think all fans should remember that at all times, whatever comes out of this season, that this the, the, the unprecedented nature of this season is going to make um, every – most people would say it's going to complicate evaluations and maybe let coaches and players off in some situations. But, um, but I think, you, you know, knowing the context, the tradition of the club and valuing it, um, I, I, would, I would have to say that fans here expect more. 
whether you're a DC United fan or just a, a soccer fan in the DMV, you probably have um, a, a, a savvy soccer IQ. You're probably a learned observer on at least a minimum level. Uh, and you're not just going to turn out for, for anything, right? You're not going to be supportive and enthusiastic about just anything that's put out on the field. And Ben has to show that he can get from plugging the leagues to sailing somewhere uh, because that's what is that's, that's not a, a super crazy expectation. Two quick things. One, I think the asterisk leads itself more to trying things. I feel like so, so, so if so, if we just say, all right, well, since there's no, we're, there's no feedback loop here, we're not going to hear. We could we could play like this, and it has no effect in the in the stadium. It has no effect on our bottom lines. No people are going to buy less tickets because no one's buying any tickets. So instead of instead of doing what we've re- resorted to, when results were key because we wanted to get to the playoffs, from a bottom line perspective, that's additional revenue. That's where the team needs to be if it wants to make. That's where those that's where those dollars are that you that you're they're reaching for. They're not going to sell. That's not going to happen this year. So this, so getting scraping into the playoffs in the least attractive way possible, giving you know these young attacking players who need to play in an attacking way to grow. I don't think I don't think uh, you know Griffin Yao is going to be is going to be benefited by by being like I don't I don't care if you shoot the ball. I don't care if you go forward. You need defensive responsibilities first and foremost. I feel like that's the. I feel like. I don't necessarily. You're not necessarily making that argument. I, I just feel like in in that in that event, I think that we should go the other direction with it. And the other thing is, I've always said Ben Olsen plays this way because he is uh, shopping at the the budget grocery store. He's he's trying to make. He doesn't. He's not getting the good cuts of steak. <laughs> he's trying to make. He's trying to make a meal with what he can. So because of that, he's had to resort to that sort of defense first mentality. Do you think it is just innate in? the way that he sees the game and the way that he, you know, as a player and the way he wants to coach, that that is what he will quickly fall back on when results aren't coming. Or do you think it is what I, what I, what I thought it was. And he was just, these are the cards I've been dealt. These are the players I have at my disposal. So I can make, I can make a good dinner out of this. I can get us some points. It's not going to be pretty, but whatever I got in the cabinet, I can make, what do you, what do you attribute that to? Is it him or is it the players or is it some combination? I, it's probably not the most satisfying answer to you in this moment, but um, it's a little bit of both, right? Like most things in life. Um, he's he's had some really limited squads to work with. He's had some tough circumstances. Um, they have not been one of the big, bigger spending teams in the league on or off the field, right? Um, so, so it is tough, but I still, um, having sort of um, – the, the, this this trend when I first started covering the, the league on a national level full time on a full time basis was the trend of people like Ben Olson and Jay Heaps and Paolo Mastrini um, getting fast tracked um, from sort of club uh, legend or club you know icon status as a player to um, to a, a head coaching job and I really think in the long term you know maybe they had defensible motivations or circumstances that that led to those decisions but in the long term I think we're seeing that that pose some real costs on those the the development and the career um, pathways of those coaches um, because it's so hard to learn on the job in, in any scenario it's hard to um, it, it's hard to, to have the uh, the, the uh, head coach's mentality when you haven't been at the other rungs on the ladder for very long if at all um, you don't you haven't had to have the same learning sort of um, academic experience that every player I mean had, typically has. Uh, I mean, Tab Ramos, I've had some interesting conversations with him about this. 
his personal, tra- you know, trajectory. He had a, um, um, he credits, I think it's Javier Azcar Gorta, one of his uh, club coaches and an influence, uh, sort of a, a mentor of his as a player, um, told him that, you know, you're starting a new career. You have to start from scratch. And Tab Ramos's first coaching work was with like U12s, right? And he, and he built his own youth academy in Northern New Jersey. And um, whatever we may think, uh, whether you like Tab's teams or don't, or his style or you don't, at, at this time, he climbed this ladder um, as a coach, just as he did as a player. And I think um, guys like Ben didn't necessarily have someone looking out for them in a holistic sense on a personal level, right? So, so I think that can live alongside the realities of um, what he's done or hasn't done as the coach. And I just think I'm, I'm sort of amazed when we look around and it's been 10 years. Ben Olson has been the coach of DCF for 10 years. He's become a coach in front of us. Um, and I think about this with Bill Hamid too. This is a guy who's, it's, it's for the better part of 10 years, has been the starting goalkeeper for DC United. He came of age in front of us, right? And that has different effects on both the club, the fans, and the, and the person involved with it in, in positive and negative ways. One 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 thing to wrap, uh, Charlie. Thank you so much for for joining the show and, and spending some time with us. No problem. I'm also I'm trying to see if I can flaunt my capital view. I'm yeah, there you go. <laughs> I haven't had the chance to be on a. I on have a live like hit. I have like the Zillow I tour. The capital from my from my house, but I don't think I can get it through the window. I'm going to keep working on that. Yeah. What <laughs> uh, w- one thing to one thing to kind of wrap up. Uh, you know, I I feel like, and, and maybe John's been the same way. I've been. People have been. Fans have been attacking this fans have been attacking this team for 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 the you talk about those 10 years it's been every single bad year it's always like the 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 olsen out people come and they've gotten sort of progressively i think more and more people have sort of tacked on to that i've always been the guy who's been like you know i mean what what do you want ben to do what do you want ben to do now with the stadium with the you know perceived revenue flows i'm like all right you know now i've gotten every year it's been kind of it's been sort of chipping away at that sort of hard center and I'd say this year has been the most the year where I have just completely just I have gone after this team and Ben because what we're seeing I, I don't think is good enough. And are we still completely off base, or are we are we right to be as pessimistic as we are about this team, or are there reasons that you see maybe that we are either turning a corner, the team is turning a corner, or that they're you know is the academy thing a big a good sign moving forward, or is it kind of a one thing, but there's still several other things that that no, we're things things are things are might get worse before they get better type of situation. Should we be at pop, yeah, pessimistic or optimistic? Uh, can it really? And it, you know, um, I would say you know we talk about hitting rock bottom, right? Um, and my uh, my 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 older brother uh, had gave me a folksy sort of twist on that a few years ago. And he said, well, you know, even when you hit rock bottom you can still bounce your ass along the bottom of that thing like a frog for a long, you know, for a long time. Um, and so DC United fans have hit bottom, right. A, a couple times over the last decade. Um, I don't think it can get worse than 2013. I don't think it can get, can get worse than 2010 in the, in the sense, just of physical infrastructure and, and give the club credit. Uh, even if it didn't happen in the method and the rate that we all might've hoped, even if there were mistakes made in certain elements of execution or whatever, they, they have advanced, they have made progress. Um, there and, and th- today's news has to be taken in that context. You know, someone like me can't report on, in some cases, critically uh, write you know in a, in a critical way about um, charging your your kids and then not give you credit when you when you stop doing that. Even if you can say it should have happened years ago, they've made the decision. And in some cases, the technical people are prisoners to the the financial people, right? 
uh, I know Ben has, has chafed at the, the constant budget cuts. It has hit the academy as hard as anywhere else in the club. He, he has made the case compellingly to me in one-on-one -on -one conversations that they deserve credit for, for doing so much with so little. Um, so when you think about it in that way, you know, get someone like Nolan Sheldon is a great example, a guy who, who worked with, with, you know, the young kids, climbed his way up to the academy, climbed his way up to, to the first team as an, an assistant, I think is one of the, the uh, top assistants in the league right now, you know, is a product of the academy in his own sense, right? So even though there's certainly issues that we can take with the way they, they've done things, when there's progress, you have to, I think, recognize it. So, um, so let's hope, and, and again, hopefully we'll get, this will take a, a more firm shape uh, in a way that we can all wrap our heads around and, and, and approve of and get excited about from a fan perspective. Hopefully this week we'll learn that, that, that this fits into a bigger plan. Uh, but again, you, know, you, you can do all these things. Like, and I think Rooney, uh, even if you have to, I totally understand fans being frustrated with how the Rooney saga went. Rooney showed us all what was possible, right? I mean, and, and fan, play, players like that don't come along often, especially on a, uh, a you know, incentive-laden contract. But he gave everybody an idea of how the, what it feels like for this team to matter in this community, to, to, to turn heads, to get buzz, to get national attention, uh, for, for coaches and players to feel a world-class player and what that does to the training ground and the locker room and all that, right? So let's, you know, let's sort of, as you weather lower ebbs, remember what the what the higher ebbs felt like. Understand what to aim for and how to measure that, and how to sort of um, try and hold everyone accountable. Everyone here in the DMV soccer scene, right? Let's uh, have that sort of bigger context. I, I look at myself as a DMV soccer person and booster, even if I'm not a DC United fan per se. And like this region needs a good team. They need DC United to to do all these things well to grow players to connect with the, the, the talent base here. So hopefully this is all steps in that direction. Yeah. Uh, we, we hope, we hope, we hope this is, this is, we, we reach the bottom at that New York city FC game with zero shots and, we see maybe it would be, and, and I guess we could argue two not, a two nothing loss to Red Bulls can be a part of that rock bottom. But hopefully, hopefully well, things are things. And are also, I would just cut in and say, uh, go watch the tape of the uh, earthquakes seven one <laughs> humiliation in Seattle the other night, and ask yourself if that if you think that would be better or worse than uh, a really painfully dull zero zero uh, home draw of New York City. You know, I don't yeah. know, man. Maybe I want maybe that. The sound of <laughs> the Sounders may prove to be, uh, you know, the juggernaut of the year, uh, or maybe New York City FC uh, ends up being, uh, you know, future MLS Cup champs that you helped <laughs> to that zero zero. You know, we'll see. There's always there's perspectives you can take about that. That will be our U.S. Open Cup trophy. If yes. that's what it is, we'll put that in the case. We'll put a DVD of that zero zero draw in the case, and we'll call it a day. Uh. Charlie, I, Charlie, we appreciate it as always for coming on the show. Uh, your multi multi time visitor, and I thank you for rolling with the punches there and <laughs> and going video uh, on a last on a last second chance. So we yeah, you guys can see I was I was all dressed up for a, a, a radio hit here. You're ready to go. So, so uh, hopefully everyone can forgive me that. But thanks for having me, and uh, have a great show, guys. Hey, thanks so thanks, much, Charlie. Charlie. I, I thought Charlie Charlie hit on some 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 great points there, and and I thought you hit on a good point too with the the investment, the idea of investing on a guy like Flores versus investing in the academy, um, and and. I'm not going to say I'm back completely, but but a move like this helps get me. Th these are the types of things you do. This you do some other things. I start seeing some better soccer. Yep. Even if even if it's not perfect, if we say score some goals, I mean, 
I mean, as much as we chagrin the fact the team lost two nothing, they came very close to scoring. I mean, they yep. they they literally were a couple great saves away from that game being a completely different story. And that's really what I want. I want that feeling of you know it wasn't there tonight, but man, if they put a couple of those goals away, they had some good chances. Not with NYCFC where it's like they had no chance, no chance of doing anything in that game that would remotely resemble points. And and I think that's that's what we want. That's what we want as fans. I want a reason to look forward to watching the next game. After that Red Bulls game, I am actually somewhat excited to watch the next game because I'm like maybe they can build on what 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 I what good I saw there they can build on. That NYCA game, I was like I saw nothing good that I thought they I could build. I hate soccer on. now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to burn all of the things all my all my DC United if, if if it wasn't for the fact that the kickers are decent, I may have said screw soccer, I'm done with this whole thing. Just just forget it. I'm not even going to do it anymore. Um, it was bad. It was bad. I, uh, it is it is a good first step, right? I think mm-hmm. like it's it is a good first step of a, like a 700 step process but for I me mean, we're at we're at the bottom like charlie yeah. like charlie said you know you're, we're bouncing on the bottom right now so even this thing that we've been asking for now for a long time mm-hmm. charlie's been reporting on it, he said for 10 years um this is good this is this is where we this is what thing we want to do we want to keep kevin in the lineup we want to keep donovan in the lineup i would like to see griffin yao get some run uh particularly mm-hmm. because it's apparently impossible for him to get uh, an opportunity at Loudon, unless we full t- full transfer him for the for the year, and I don't think they want to do that. And put Moses Nyman out there. I, let's we're not we, this this is the season where you can't bring in those those talented players from the outside. Oh, I had to compliment. So let's get let's. I, I would like more minutes for them, please. Uh, we know what we have with Junior right now. Uh, yeah, Abu. However, keep playing him because yeah. he's, he's he's done really well, and you want to see if he's something that we're going to keep around. I think you've talked you've tweeted about it a number of times. He's a bright spot. Uh, he's he's a he's a metronome in the midfield where this team is uh, missing those kind of players. He's uh, he's a surprising bright spot actually. Yeah, you know because we, we knew Kevin Paredes was a good talent, and I think it's it's good to see. We, it's almost like a not surprising that he that Kevin Paredes is playing well because we knew he was. We knew we, we saw we saw talent there. We saw goodness there. Abu was a complete like non factor, and I watch him in that game, and I'm like, oh man, look at him. He's actually unlike you know some other players. Uh, he's able to sort of dribble into space and he's sort of able to do some other things um, that are good. Uh, so, you know, I, I think we did want to talk um, a little uh, a little spirit. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about that. I managed to to catch up the game. I had to watch it on Twitch coming in seven minutes and there were some, some technical difficulties in the beginning. Um, but let's, uh, let's touch a little bit on that. Um, the 2-1 victory for them. I thought it was another another rough game very very rough game they were not really chicago had them turned uh, on a red card yeah it turned on the red card uh, which was <laughs> you're not definitive right <laughs> it was it was it was not var not necessary for the yeah. second game it was very much like the you can you know a player you know a player knows that they what they did they screwed up they got that second yellow they made a bad tackle you got to also i, I got to ping uh Alyssa Nair for that was a really really bad distribution um she yes. like was trying to spark the attack which i guess you can't really blame her but she put um uh, she put the person who got and i can't remember the i don't remember the person who got the uh uh, the the yellow red card, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember it. Um, but basically, put put her in a bad situation where she had to, um, 
she had to like lunge out and to, if she wanted to save the ball or maybe she didn't but she did and it was a bad bad play she got the yellow she kind of throws her hands up and it's like uh, you know yeah that, that's probably worth it I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna suck off um even that even then i didn't think the spirit took advantage fully advantage of it until about minute 60 or 70 when they actually started to generate chances and they get they get a nice goal um they get a nice goal on the set first one, and of course, then the the winner at the end. So, um, it was uh, still a very uneven performance. Um, I I think after these two games, I think we were all after this game, sort of riding high on 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 what happened in the Challenge Cup and all the good we saw there. Um, it was actually it was Bailey Feist and uh, Jessica uh, Scarpa. Scarpa. Yep. Scarpa. Cool. For her first Boom. Goal. Got it right first time. Look at me. You did. Uh. <laughs> first goal rookie rookie season, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't I, – I think we're at the point now where it's temper expectations with the spirit. I, I think it's now – this This is a team that is that is hurt, obviously. So, But it's also a team that is trying to figure out how to do when you trade a world-class player. And now you've got to build sort of around players who are who are talented – but don't necessarily have the the the, the great great skill set that that Roosevelt had. So um, yeah, the team the team is clearly now missing a few pieces. Mm-hmm. Some will get back from injury. Some need to be replaced um, through other means, either through the draft or more hopefully using the allocation money they have to bring some players on. Uh, I, I I continue to think uh, Bailey Feist is the player that is going to most fill in for the Roosevelt gap in the interim. I think she is, uh, she's a goal threat clearly now <laughs> she's, she's, she's putting them in after the, after the challenge cup and now continues to do so. Um, she's, she's the, she's the player in the midfield. That's that has the attack. She's the, she's the midfielder making runs into the box to, to score goals and, and other, and other players aren't doing that. Um, Kumi had a, a pretty decent game. Uh, she's getting a lot more, uh, with, with, uh, with Ashley Hatch not featuring in either of these two games so far, Getting a much more a bigger look up top, uh, which I think is which I think is good just to see what the skill set there is. Ashley Sanchez, all the eyes continue to be on her. She is she's the she's the danger the danger player. Uh, I think that uh, you know I I think Sullivan might be a bigger miss than Lavelle from the standpoint of controlling the game in the midfield. Um, they looked a little bit better I, I, uh, in the parts of the game that I saw. I did not see any of all of it, unfortunately, and uh, you know I regret that. But the parts that I did see, uh, they were they were once again bypassing the midfield a lot uh, from the back to the front, uh, and and it wasn't really netting them the 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 sort of possession that they wanted. I don't think. And I, I uh, Richie was yelling from the side, "Please keep the ball." He didn't say please. He was yelling, "Keep the ball," <laughs> and they were not. Uh, so I believe there's one more game in, in this sort of fall restart. Uh, is that correct? I uh, believe I got two games. They have two games left. They have the Chicago Red Stars again and uh, away uh, away and then they have sky blue away so they played their two home games now they got two games on the road so um i guess at is chicago playing still playing at toyota state toyota park yeah they are wow okay yeah well it's, it's all to themselves now they can they can customize it all the way they want now. yeah they can and then they can uh, change the carpets they can do whatever they want it's they're all playing there and then the they it looks like they were playing at uh, montclair state university where the red bulls to play msu uh, soccer park um, That's a bummer because in the regular season they were going to play in Red Bull Arena yeah. this season. Yeah, I think it's more oh. of a um, we got too many games to try to figure out. I mean, it's it's also a reason why the Spirit aren't playing there because you know they're, right. they're looking. But um, yeah, I mean they're they're uh, they're. <laughs> I'm glad they got a win. I think that I think that they will they will continue to. Uh, they're 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 playing with an arm and a half behind their back right now. 
Uh, so there, it's all about developing those players that were drafted this year. Natalie Jacobs getting a big long look because uh, Tori Hooster has not been playing. Uh, Megan Dowry, Daughtry Howard is getting starts every week because Sullivan's uh, is injured, uh, and, and and Kumi and and Ashley are getting all the minutes. So it's they're doing what I we've been asking DC to do, like take a lost season, which all of these seasons are, and maximize your talent development. The best you can, and and you know, hey, there's still time for DC to go do that. There is still time for them to go and 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 build something. Um, and and I think they've, I, you know, what's funny? I think they've done more, even in this this crap of a year. The fact that you have a guy like Kevin Paredes sort of breaking through, um, Abu breaking through, Pine sort of starting to have a breakthrough. Um, they've actually done it more than they've done in just about any other season. Um, so that that's that's not nothing. I think having having some of those guys in there playing is, is doing well. Um, do we want to talk about Loudon United? <laughs> the draw against Philly United too. Yeah. Uh, with how many players did that game end with? Uh, they they I see two red cards here. I see uh, Adam Lungari, which looks like a DC Academy guy, yep. um, and uh, and second uh, yellow in the first twenty five minutes, I believe. Yeah, something like that. The, the challenge there, clearly this is not a season they're going to compete. The, yeah. the, the, they have no help. They're, they're, Ryan Martin is doing the best that he can down there. Uh, but this was the game they had to win. Uh, this was the team they had to beat. These MLS two sides are the ones where they can potentially do a little bit of damage because they're not going to touch Pittsburgh and they're not going to touch Hartford. Uh, they've, they've come close a couple times in, in the case of Hartford, but... Uh, they they go win, so it's unfortunate that they drew that game. Um, yeah, I mean there there's there's some bright spots individually, but obviously there are big holes uh, that keep this team from from uh, staying getting ahead and staying there. Uh, lots of mental lapses in the end of games. The Hartford game comes to mind where they took a lead. Uh, I think I had I think they had a two goal lead in the 85th minute. I believe they conceded twice. Uh, in, in one of the games, one of the 9,000 games against Hartford this year. Um, but we're, we're <laughs> no, no, no one's saying, no one's saying Ryan Martin out right now. No, there's no, there's no Martin out, but you know, but Martin's a friend of the show. We can't, we can't, you know, <laughs> if Ben came on the show, I mean, I'm already listeners of the show. No, I'm already, uh, not, a, not necessarily, a. am kind of in the bag anyway, but if he came on the show, then that would also handicap me as well. I would have to say Ben Olsen in forever, but as he hasn't. I'm free to say what I want. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, I that was uh, I think Loudon is uh, I think Loudon's going to continue on the path that they're on. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's good development for a lot of those young players, particularly because they're getting minutes that they might not have gotten. Uh, Simon Lefebvre set a USL record for number of saves in a game. I think he had like 14 saves. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, <laughs> that history is cool to make. Um, uh, yeah, but basically, yeah, I'm saying that the, the players that are getting minutes now, if Moses Nyman, Griffin Yao, uh, now not Donovan Pines, but those players were there, they might not have gotten. So well, that's good. Well, one, one, one last thing, which we, we touched on the last show, which we didn't. Uh, well, one thing I feel like we need we do need to mention is that Bill Hamid made his return to the lineup. He did not start. Um, and I think there is a um, – and, you know, here's what's interesting. He's retweeted – he retweeted the fully funded academy structure – um, what what if what if that was the reason? It wasn't. <laughs> what no? It but what if, if? But what if? I'm yeah, just well. What I, if? Yeah, that would be funny if that was if. I, I, I do think he's the most fan like player. Yeah. So if it was, I mean, if it was anybody, 
that was mad about that maybe was him. Yeah, and I, I almost I almost wanted to ask like I feel like that's maybe something we should have asked Charlie because maybe he no had, uh, I don't want to put him on the spot like that. <laughs> <laughs> he because he might know I'm not gonna put him on the spot like yeah. that yeah but this is a mystery that we're never gonna have yeah the real story behind because he was not he was not out of shape after missing two games uh, there was there's something else there and we'll never know and that's fine I mean the fact that the team can keep a lid on this is impressive and then yeah. good. And probably, uh, you know, we're down to the benefit of Ben Olsen's leadership as building a locker room where that doesn't, that doesn't happen. There were a number of comments, O'Neill Fisher making comments about how well sites has been and how Bill has to sort of earn it back. Um, sort of comments around his, his, his headspace uh, after being late for a couple different practices. We'll, we're never going to know. I, I believe yeah. that he'll probably come back in now. I think whatever happened, I think he's probably out of the, the doghouse. I don't. We thought maybe he was trying to force a transfer. I don't think that 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 may have been wrong. We'll yeah. never know. Maybe yeah. Bill will come on the show and tell all, but I don't think that will happen either. Yeah, and and, and well, here, here's another here's another thing, and I feel like I do want to mention sort of sites, and you know, I, I don't want to inquire the wrath of Bill Hamid because I know this is something that he he works on um, as a as a player, but distribution wise. Things have been pretty good with sites out there. That's all I'm going to say. The team seems like, particularly in the last game, they were quicker out of the back with him there. He was willing to to make the throw, and he's willing to be very accurate with that throw. That is something that I have railed against it, but the game against New York made me kind of see, hey, maybe that is something that's nice to have, a keeper that will get the ball and always look for that next pass and sort of start your attack and have that sort of distribution. Maybe maybe Ben will come back and complete. I mean, maybe uh, Bill will come back and completely prove me wrong there. But that that was that was one interesting thing I noticed out of those couple games. I'm like, well, you know, I'm noticing there isn't the Aaron Pass clearance that goes out of bounds. There isn't the, you know, the the not quite so sure footwork um, sort of, sort of action that that sort of happens with Bill, uh, and it was there with sights. So. Um, I don't know. It's um, going to be interesting. Bill, we got three Bill, more that games. Ted. What's that? This is, I said, Bill, that was Ted. So when you're <laughs> looking for go who ahead, you're going to add on the show, go. it was uh, Ted. Yeah, use it as motivation, man. Uh, put my put my picture right up there on, on your locker, man. Go for it. We'll send it. you a sticker. We'll send you a sticker <laughs> that you could punch. <laughs> exactly. Uh, three more games coming up. Uh, I don't know if we they were on the schedule the last time. Uh, we Why got s- Saturday, uh, Toronto uh, at home at Audi Fields. Uh, Wednesday. They play Nashville um, in the Nissan Stadium. They'll be the first uh, first female referee since 2000, I think I saw. Um, first female center referee, I should say. Uh, refereeing an MLS game. Uh, and then next Saturday, the 27th, they play New England. So um, lot, uh, three more games coming up. The schedule's kind of rolling out. They're still trying to figure out what to do with the Canadian teams. I think they've kind of made a decision about that. Uh, I was right, by the way. They are. I think Vancouver's playing a home game in Portland. So There you go. You called it. Yep. There we go. You called that, and you called uh, Chris uh, Chris Armas being fired. Yes, so you were, I did. Uh, you were Nostradamus. Yep, going to Vegas. Let's go. Uh, no, I can't. Let's Darn do it. it. Let's wear a really big uh, respirator mask and go to Vegas. <laughs> Hazmat suit. Let's do it. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. RFPRefugees.com. Check it out. Uh, go to our Patreon. Ca- Patreon page is still open. Patreon.com slash RFPRefugees. Buy a t-shirt over at Custom Inc. Look at the Twitter.com slash RFPRefugees pinned tweet. For the link there you guys have all been amazing you guys are all amazing thank you all so much for your help for the show and especially to brian producer brian for putting together the awesome graphics and all the work you'll see today um there'll probably be some 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 more posts to follow with that we're going to try to to grow to grow a lot in that or not in that respect um and we will catch you guys uh next week vamos, vamos.